This is a CNIB Foundation podcast. Discover the specialized and mainstream technology that's transforming the lives of blind and partially sighted Canadians from the simple to the sophisticated. We'll explain what it is and how to make the most of it. This is the CNIB Smart Life Tech Cast. Here are your hosts, Jason Fair and Chris Chamberlain. Hello and welcome to this episode of the CNIB Smart Life TechCast. We're your hosts. I'm Jason Fair. And I'm Chris Chamberlain. So we are recording this via Zoom conferencing because we've got a guest speaker today. So um, I apologize if the audio isn't quite what it normally is. That's what we get with conferencing, unfortunately. Um, but sitting with us virtually uh, from Victoria, BC, is Tom Decker. Hello there. And Tom is um, been in the AT field for quite a while. Well, I first got started when I got a job at Mitel Corporation in 1980. So I think I was one of the first people in Canada to get a Versa Braille way back then. In fact, oh. I think I was number 50 off the assembly line. <laughs> so, uh, and then, you know, ran my own company teaching Versa Braille, ended up working with Mr. Chamberlain here at Frontier Computing starting in uh, 1987 and have just been generally doing things with access technology and subsequently went back to school to be a rehab teacher, worked at Balance for Blind Adults until 2014, and then retired so I could have lots of time to just sit around and play with all the technology. <laughs> that's, that's what we like to do. Mm -hmm. uh, so, we, so we are here today to talk to you guys about iOS 13. So this is the new operating system that just came out for the iPhone. If you've got an iPhone 6S or newer, you may already have iOS 13 or you may have been offered it by now. And iOS 13 has some awesome new features. It also can be a bit of a challenge. Uh, this hasn't been the smoothest upgrade path that Apple has ever done. So um, we want to talk to you about the new features and maybe some things to watch out for. We're going to concentrate on the voiceover features, the new voiceover and Braille features in iOS 13. But there also are a lot of new low vision features. Uh, I know a lot of people really appreciate the new, what they call dark mode, which makes the phone easier to see in low light conditions, uh, which kind of can also help low vision folks as well. One of the things that people will notice in iOS 13, if you're a Siri user, is you're going to notice uh, some, some uh, new Siri voices that are quite a bit clearer than the older voices. I mean, the older voices were good, but the new ones, because they're using some new technologies, are really quite a bit clearer. Out of the box, or upon my first installation of the uh, new 13, was the snappier, more responsive character of, of the phone. And whether one is using an SE or um, uh, a greater model of iPhone, I found the response time to be fantastic. Oh, yeah. That is, yeah, that is true. They really have cranked things up. When I, you'll notice it especially when you um, when you move your finger around the screen. Just if you're sort of exploring around, just things feel a lot more snappy uh, than than the older versions did. One feature that is 
vastly improved is the new Braille screen. Well, it's not new. The, the Braille screen input feature, which is, for anybody who doesn't know, is a feature that you can enable that allows you to type in Braille on your phone's screen. Um, Tom, I know you wanted to, to chat about that. Do you want to tell us a bit about that and what, how you use it and what's, what's improved? Well, along with the responsiveness of the phone comes a great increase in the responsiveness of the on-screen Braille keyboard to the point where I can now write on my phone the touchscreen Braille keyboard a lot faster than I could ever write on any uh, mechanical Braille display keyboard without making mistakes. I, I, I just fly with it. It's, it's so good and so quick. And they have other features like you can now put the Braille tables in the rotor. So if you're working with more than one language, you can switch to the grade two Braille of that language now right in the rotor without having to go to settings. So all these things just make it much more efficient. By way of interest, Tom, you can type in grade one or grade two Braille? Yes, you can set it. You can set it contracted, not contracted, six dot, eight dot. Uh, there are actually quite a few settings, so it's Braille for every occasion. All the European programmers will love it because they can switch to eight dot Braille and code to their heart's content. Excellent. Tom, have they fixed the issue where uh, on some of the older devices or older iOS versions, you couldn't do a, um, a full cell? It, w it wouldn't recognize one of the dots? Has that been corrected? That is a limitation of the iPhone hardware, apparently. Apparently, the iPhone screen can only accommodate a maximum of five fingers. The problem doesn't exist on the iPad. Okay. Okay. So how do you get around that, then, if you can only do um, five fingers? Uh, it takes a bit of practice, but what you do is you put down five dots, two, three, four, five, six, okay, and then you would take away the dot four and then put down the dot one finger and then take your fingers away and it, would, it will make an FOR. So you have to do five dots, add the sixth dot, and then take everything away. Okay. Ah. Okay. Once, okay. Trust me, once you know how to do it, it comes natural. I had to sit and practice for five minutes. I felt like I was learning to tie my shoes again. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, um, I'll be honest. I haven't spent a lot of time with the Braille screen input. You know, I am a Braille user. I just, for whatever reason, I just haven't spent the time with it. And I, I really need to do that because I know a lot of people that use it and absolutely love it. Um, I think the fun thing is I'm doing it on the bus and people just can't resist and you don't know how often. So I, I don't mean to bother you, but what are you doing with your phone? <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing on the screen no. and you're going crazy with your fingers. <laughs> Yeah, people, because voiceover has this function called screen curtain, um, people have often come up to me and said, sir, do you know your phone's off? And I'm like, no, it, it isn't actually, but thanks for, you know. I've had <laughs> the same question. <laughs> thanks for letting me know. That's really cool. So the other feature that I think it's debatable whether it's a feature or not, I know a lot of people that, that really get thrown off by this. The iPhone has a new typing mode or typing method that allows you to, instead of just pressing on a letter and then releasing it, you can um, hold your finger on a letter and then it goes into what's called slide typing mode. And so, so what you do is you hold your finger on, let's say you're typing the word hello, you hold your finger on H for quite a short time. It's not long at all, like a second or so. And then you can just slide your finger to E, then L, then O. 
and it will figure out based on where roughly where you've slid your finger and you don't even have to be exact about it. Um, that, that, you know, the word hello is what you want. Um, the problem is that the activation time that you sit on a letter before it goes into word mode is, or into slide mode is very low. So if you're the type that, and I do this and I've been using an iPhone for a long time. If you leave your finger on the letter a little too long before you release it, it switches into word mode. And then all of a sudden you start getting things that you don't want to have. I think there's um, actually a setting to determine how much time. And I think you can actually set it to a longer time. You can. And I am um, Thomas. Do you know if that's in voiceover settings or in, or in keyboard settings? I don't know. I, I just sort of saw it and went by it. And I played with that feature for about five minutes. And unlike the Braille displaced, uh, learning to write an FOR character, I, my decision was this just isn't worth it. Yeah, I, dis <laughs> I disabled that on my phone. Yeah. So if people want to disable that, if people are, because it, it comes enabled by default. And so if people want to disable it, what you want to do is go under settings, uh, general, and then keyboard. And then in there, there's a, there's a slide to type switch that you just turn off. And then that problem, you know, that problem goes away. Um, so I know a lot of people that have that have wanted to do that because it can be a bit frustrating initially if, if you're not used to. And the worst thing is that the phone comes, if I'm not correct, iOS 13 arrives with that turned on as the default. So you've just switched to iOS 13 and you're trying to do stuff with your phone. And unless you know about this, you're like, what is going on? Oh, for, for, <laughs> exactly. For, me, for, for a couple of days, it was really frustrating until I found out how to disable it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, the other thing that's really cool that I like about iOS 13 is some of the newer phones. So I think I figured out it's iPhone 8 or better. You can replace a lot of the uh, voiceover sound cues with vibrations. So you can turn off a lot of the voiceover little bleeps and bloops when you are swiping around and doing various things. And you can turn those into just very subtle vibrations on your phone. And it actually seems to speed things up a fair bit if you do that, because it's not having to play the, play the audio cues. Um, and I quite like it. But like I said, you have to have an iPhone 8 or better uh, to make that work. But have either of you played with that? Oh, yeah. I, I, what I do yeah, is I, I turn the audio cues down real low because you can now set the audio cue volume separate from the voice. Yes, that's right. So oh. then you turn on the haptic and you turn the volume down real low. And by some weird psychological process, feeling the haptic at the same time as you hear the much lower volume s sound of the clicks... I don't know. It, it just makes the phone less irritating to operate and it creates an interesting multi-sensory experience, which I think actually does increase the speed of your navigation. Yeah. Yeah. Chris, have you, have you played with that at all? No, I haven't really. Um, the way my phone's set right now seems to be pretty acceptable, although I should play with those and see if I can uh, tune it up even more. Yeah, and it does, like I said, it does depend on the phone. So if you don't have a, an eight or better, um, then you can't, then you can't do it. Cause I've got a, my old phone, I just got an iPhone XR, uh, but the, my old phone was, was a seven and it actually didn't have the setting to, to do this. So for whatever reason, I, I think the, those are the older phones have the taptic, what, they, what Apple calls the taptic engine in it. Uh, but it maybe it wasn't, isn't advanced enough or something. 
to uh, to allow that feature. So one really nasty issue that people have noticed is that the status bar on iOS 13 is quite a bit harder to find. The status bar, for anybody who doesn't know, is the little strip at the very, very top of your screen where the time and the battery level and all that stuff is. What you might find is in iOS 13, trying to actually slide your finger around to locate that is it's in a very, very small spot. And in fact, in one of the releases, and it might have been one of the betas that I used, if you were in an app, it was invisible altogether. You could not get to it. And on the home screen, you could, but inside an app, you couldn't. And that issue was bad enough that even if you had a gesture set up, and I'm going to talk about that in a second, even if you had a gesture set up to take you to the status bar, that wouldn't work either. So it was thoroughly broken. But but that seems to be fixed. It's better in 13.1.3, which is the most recent public release. And it's completely fixed in 13.2. Um, 13.2 is as of this recording in beta, which means it's it's a test version. Uh, I think we're on beta 3. So it's I would, I would expect it to be released before too much longer here. I'd say another maybe couple of weeks, couple, three weeks from when we're, when we're recording this podcast. So one of the other cool things in voiceover is you're able to completely remap all of the voiceover gestures. Where I see this as useful is I know people that have a heck of a time with the rotor gesture. Yes. Yes. Um, and so if you have, if you have somebody that's having a really hard time doing that rotor gesture, you can go into, um, you go under settings, general accessibility, voiceover, uh, and then I, Tom, what is it called? Just, is it just called commands. commands. Yes. And then under commands, you pick gestures. That's right. That's right. And so you can go in there and you can change what gestures do what. So, Tom, you were mentioning earlier that you've you've set up a few of these, right? Uh, my favorites are, and there are certain gestures, if they're blank in the table, you know you can use them. So two-finger flick left and two-finger flick right don't traditionally do anything on the iPhone. They're Apple computer gestures. So I now have a two-finger flick left that takes me right to the notifications and a two-finger flick right that takes me right into control center and no more fine status bar triple tap up down i don't know i probably can't even remember how to do it anymore but i've got i've got the keys the gestures now that just do those things in one quick flick that's handy yep this is the thing too once you start fiddling with this stuff you better write down or you have to go back into the phone and figure out what was the one that I did? I set up some gesture and all of a sudden I couldn't copy stuff from my clipboard anymore. And I realized I'd overwritten that gesture with something that I thought it should do. And I had to go in, find it, cancel it, pick another gesture. Yeah. And I believe there is a, I think in there, there is a, like a reset to defaults button, right? I think yeah, right at the end. Right right at, at the bottom. Yeah. Right at the end of the list, there's a, there's yeah. a reset to default. So if you found that you've hopelessly messed up, something, um, you can go down there. And the good thing is that explore by touch, which means just running your finger around the screen that you can't change. And the one finger flick left and right, you can't change. This is one of those features that's a bit of a blessing and a curse because I, I do feel a little bit bad for trainers. Um, because if they run into somebody who's gone in or somebody's done this for somebody else, it can be a little challenging for the next person that goes to work with them because all of a sudden they're trying to do certain gestures that should do one thing and they're doing other things. Um, can you identify the best place for uh, people that are upgrading to go 
to find all the new features for iOS 13. Yeah, it's 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 pretty much always the same. It's going to be appleviz.com is going to be your best place to go. Um, okay. There's a, there's other places too, but but AppleViz. Um, anytime a new iOS release comes out, they do articles and podcasts. Um, so I yes. think they've they've got a whole series of podcasts that that tells you you know, about all the new features. And I believe there's also some articles. The other thing that they do whenever a new iOS release comes out is they will, will release an article. That's like, you know, what are, what are the current accessibility bugs in iOS, you know, 13.1 or whatever it is. Um, and they'll sort of go, okay, here's the, here are the major bugs that we found. Here are some more minor things. And here's, you know, some things that, um, that they've fixed. So, as an example, when iOS 13 originally came out, there were some fairly fairly serious bugs with Braille displays that I believe Tom they've all been fixed now, right? Or for the most part, it could be. This is part of why I waited till 13.1.2, right? Because people can figure out these things at first. Yeah, and that's that's a good a good rule of thumb is that if if you don't have to jump on an iOS release or really any major software release in the very first version, you're probably better off holding back. Now, the, the thing is that Apple will force your hand eventually. Uh, what they'll do is if, if you keep saying no to the update, um, I think eventually they'll just say too bad and they install it. Now, you can, if you go under settings in your phone, go to settings general and software update, there is a button in there that says um, automatic updates and you can turn that off um, and then you won't be you won't be automatically installed uh, it'll tell you about the new updates when you go to settings general software update but it won't it won't auto install it for you uh, which which can be uh, can be useful if you're a little a little you know a little wary about jumping on the new on the new features I love the new scroll bar. And it's funny, I've seen a lot of people complain, what is this thing, this scroll bar? Well, it runs up and down the right edge of the phone almost in every app everywhere where there's stuff listed. So if you're in a document, you can 0% is page one and 100% is the last page of the document. Or if you go into your mailbox and there's 300 messages, you can slide your finger up and 0% uh, is the top message and 100% is uh, the last message in a list of hundreds. So you can scroll through an awful lot of stuff very, very quickly. And the only time this was available before was in the contacts where you had the alphabet running up and down the right side of the phone. But now you have it in all sorts of places to scroll through all kinds of stuff. The other thing is in, in the new app store, there's now, you don't look at your uh, updated apps the same way you used to. You simply put your finger in the top right corner and it says my account, which is actually your picture and everything. And when you double tap that, you just look about three quarters of the way down the screen and all of a sudden there's a list of uh, apps to be updated soon and everything else right there. People have been saying that it's new, more complicated in 13, but it's just because they're not used to it because actually it's way simpler. Yeah, it's just, it's just a different way of getting to the same yeah. same information. So um, it, it lists the apps that need to be updated and you simply tap on it and it goes ahead and does it? 
Yeah, you tap update all. And here's a trick. If you just want to back up your phone, it'll say that all your up apps are updated. But if you put your finger on the top app in the list and then do a three-finger flick down, it refreshes and you'll find out that there were some new apps since the last time you checked that haven't necessarily been included in your list. So whenever I'm oh. backing up my phone, I always do that to make sure that the absolute latest versions of everything are part of the backup, which could be not a good idea sometimes, but... I do it anyway. Yeah. Now, do, you, any. do, do you guys set up your phone to auto-update apps? I don't, actually. Um, I, I set mine so that I have to hit, go and hit the update button or update all button. But you, can, but you can, and I think the default setting actually is to just update things automatically. Mine um, is I currently do. set to auto-update. No, I don't do it with the software. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but, but your apps, though? A little, a little yep. more cautious. Apps yeah. are fine. Usually nothing bad is going to happen now with an app. And if it does, the developer will fix it within a few days anyway. So. And it'll automatically update again? Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, and, I mean, one th so, I mean, there has been some issues with some, with some blindness-related apps. I know uh, BlindSquare had some struggles with iOS 13. There were some issues around um, apps that use text-to-speech. So I know BlindSquare was one of the ones that had some had, had some trouble, uh, and I think they've now fixed that. And it it seemed to more impact people that used multiple languages. There were some issues with voices not downloading as they were supposed to, uh, but I think that's all been fixed. The other thing is, if you just go into the your browser and type uh, "iPhone User Guide for iOS." 13, you can actually read it online. And here's another quick thing I noticed. If you try to go into books, which is the new version of iBooks, and you try to look up that manual, I don't know if they have fixed this yet, but you can't really read the manual. It doesn't really work the same way other iBooks work. You, you get stuck and the screen goes funny and things happen. And that's why I found out I could just read the manual online because it work, wasn't working so well within the I, the book's app. So hopefully that gets fixed soon. I've reported it to Apple. And they said they'd had other complaints about it too. So. Yeah, and this is, um, this is the, essentially the iPhone user guide. It's not, it's not necessarily, well, not at all, strictly accessibility. It's everything. So it's, a, it's the sort of the full iPhone manual that they might have included in the box, but nobody includes manuals anymore. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's a full, you know, quite a lengthy document. But it's quick to go through with uh, the headings, if, especially if you do it on the web, you can go through the headings very quickly and everything's hyperlinked in the table of contents and everything. So you can find what you need very quickly, especially if you do it online. Well, Tom, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast and chatting with us. Oh, thank yes, you. For thank you, Tom. And, um, you always are a wealth of knowledge where technology is concerned, and I think we definitely want to get you on in the future to get your uh, perspective on uh, all things assistive technology. It would be a pleasure. <laughs> For feedback or suggestions, email us at techcast at cnib.ca. That's all one word, T-E-C-H-C-A-S-T at cnib.ca. For more CNIB Foundation podcasts, visit cnib.ca slash podcasts. All right. Thanks, guys.